0: Calling all corporations. Eternal Armada is recruiting corporations. If you are looking for a home in Null, interested in an active and friendly group of players, actively chat at Discord, and plays well with others, they may have a spot for you. They have constant ratting fleets, organized mining fleets with protection, as well as regular PvP interactions. They have an active in-game Discord-based Intel channel as well as numerous EO vets and plenty of friendly helpers. Plus, they have SRP and buyback programs. Check out Eternal Armada on Discord. The link will be in the description. What's up, everyone? This week I had an exclusive live interview with Amir Braun. Where he had given us his perspective of the new insurance system and how it works. Welcome to Echoes of New Eden. Not much for big headlines this week at New Eden. The war continues on, corps are moving alliances, and so on. So last week, probably the biggest news was that there was a protest called Let Jita Burn. It started as a discord group, and then it eventually ended up in being a protest in Jita. So... In Jita, about a group of 300 pl- 350 players attacked the ITC, and of course the Concord response cleared them all out, including the nightmare. So I had an exclusive live interview with Amaran, aka Triumph, and he gave us a presentation on his findings on the insurance system. Now this was a video recorded interview as well, with a video posted on my Discord as well as Reddit and YouTube. I released that shortly after the presentation was done and I'll be playing a shorter edited version for today's interview. Note that uh, the beginning presentation part of it where he showed the actual flaw in the insurance system is not part of this interview that's in the video. All right. Well, today I'll be speaking with Triumph. Hello, Triumph. And actually, we have uh, we have a live audience in, uh, <laughs> with us today. So thank you all for joining with this interview. How's it going, Triumph? Uh,
1: breathing so much evening. I've actually had three of my best days in a row, and that's because I've realized that Nettie's is not going to take care of the situation, and so I've been able to let go. So my name, Endgame, is a Melron, and you can see that Unfortunately, even though I'm quitting, I still have about a 115 days left. So I have been the CEO of Triumph since day two. We're part of the OG Alliance. Uh, During that time that we played, and I I know these hard numbers because I actually stepped down from CEO, handed it off, and I I did a a massive audit to get all of our like our ISK and all of our things spread out all over different characters. And so in that time period, I raised. 60 billion ISK. Yes, if you have questions, you can ask there. Uh, so 60 billion ISK. So I left the corp with 10 billion ISK and 50 estimated, estimated assets, including several uh, faction BPs. But we are, we're pretty a, a large block. But for me, the reason why I was able to kind of understand what's going on with this Brangita is I'm a professional data analyst. I have about 10 years of professional experience underneath my belt. And so... It was actually EVE Online, and I'm going to post it in our general chat. I have autism. I actually was not diagnosed until I was about 27, but I played the original EVE Online, and it made me understand what my passion was, logistics, spreadsheets, things of that nature. It actually changed my entire career path. Up to that point, I was a miserable mechanical engineering student, and I hated it. So like EVE has a very close place in my heart. And so when EVE Echoes came out about eight months ago, I wanted to be able to jump in and be able to help from that like CE role and be able to kind of like pass on that wealth. And I think the reason why Triumph has over 180 members and I lastly checked 130 of those had logged on in at least the last seven days is because it was always focused on building up our our members. It was like, okay, you come to zero Zero, we're going to give you a ship. We're going to give you like a prophecy. We're going to help you get ratting. And if our people blew up, like, I was able to take these funds because I was a tryhard. Like, you see, I have multiple BlueStacks here. I have multiple accounts. Uh, but I realized that with this insurance program that they're changing it to, where they're skimming Plex off the top, where they're kind of destroying what EVE Online is supposed to be about that free market economy, they're destroying industrialists by doing this because if 1-8 of the ships destroyed is only putting up a buy order, that means that there's less ships being bought, period. And that's going to deflate the value of the ships. It's going to be harder for industrialists to sell their ships after this T9 bubble. I think they planned it very well, how they are implementing this T9 aspect. But at the same time, I'm sorry, I kind of rambled on. I think I answered your question, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. It's all good. So uh, more, more leaning toward, let, let's talk about the let Gita Burn protest and movement that you had started. Uh, you indeed did start that. So, explain the reasoning as to why you started it and uh, how big it has gotten.
1: So, it started out of frustration because I had done a lot of this testing to prove that the insurance program was s- not only scamming us, but it was not as advertised. But there were still players in the game that did not have that understanding or that knowledge. Uh, Being an EVE Online player, there was a big protest back in 2011 called Monocle Gate where they did the exact same thing. And considering the game is EVE Echoes, it's often echoes of what EVE has already done. So I started this to try and A, bring awareness, and to try and get people understanding. Because there's still people today that are saying that they put up a buy order for every ship. and so. The, the initial movement came to try and get that knowledge out there for people to understand. Uh, it started, I want to say, we put our first post up on like Tuesday of this week. So maybe like five days ago. And the Discord went from like 10 users all the way up to over 700 by the actual Friday protest. Uh, so that's kind of how big we grew into our size. Although I think at the actual protest, we had about 350 on grid.
0: So yeah, you'd mentioned that the burn Jita. how did that go? Did you, you went to the Jita ITC and started shooting at it. And understandably you brought a nightmare there and, you know, tell us how that event went down and how well it went.
1: I think it failed being completely honest. (laughs) So one of the, I was always planning on blowing up the nightmare because like I, like I told you, I left my corp with more than enough assets to be able to come back. I asked the new CEO when I was transitioning off, like, Hey, do you want me to give you all the nightmare? Do you want me to sell it and give you all the isk? Or do you want me to blow it up? And they're like, dude, blow it up. And so we blew it up. And I, I think the reason there are two reasons why it failed. Uh, one was the, the initial ask for the, the downvoting. And then two, I think people, people believed the dev, the dev blog that they released.
0: So ultimately, nobody really got very far in shooting the station.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, you know, well, no, they were shooting the station. I think there's still some people protesting. But in terms of like the, the numbers or the outlook, pretty much once the nightmare blew up, people left. Uh, and so, and I'm trying to be a good leader, I was trying to think of why it failed. And so I kind of pointed out the two reasons why it didn't go as expected. So
0: then you, you mentioned the devs have released a statement about it. Um, how did they react? And what have they told you about the insurance system? And, you know, they could tell you what might be able, to, what might they can change, you know, um, but who knows when we'll see it.
1: So they told me a thing. What y'all know is what I know. Uh, so one of the big things I wanted to do, because our, our goal wasn't to disrupt people trying to enjoy the game on the weekend, right? So back on, I want to say either Tuesday or Wednesday, we sent an email to their customer support saying, hey, can you raise the cap so that way we can be able to get in? and like not keep people from being out of it. So essentially, NetEase responded saying, hey, we've heard your complaints, we'll look into it further, and we're gonna raise the G cap. So they raised the G cap by 100, from 1200 to 1300, when, and actually now going back, that may have been one of the issues is, we capped out about 1330 in the system, but normal Jita is already around like 1,100. So it was nice that they raised the cap. I was actually very impressed by that. But essentially, and the reason why we kept protesting is it, it felt like false words, appeasement. So I, I've, I've worked on the marketing and PR side for a big uh, bank. And so anytime there's this sort of scramble, in fact... Someone interviewed me the other day. Let me see if I can find it real quick. So this was on the 9th before the the devs' response, which I want to say was on the 12th, 13th. To put it bluntly, if they do respond, I expect it to be some canned corporate line of, this was not our intention. We will look into it further and discuss it further, which is exactly what they've done. But the issue that we've been trying to make them understand is, this is a, a time-critical matter because not only is it ships, as we're showing you, but it's also modules. It's the, the loot that drops in NullSec. It's the rigs. It's everything. In fact, there's been posts on Reddit where it's like, hey, T9's coming up. Instead of buying new rigs, it may be smarter just to blow up your ship and get the rigs back that way. And so we're already kind of seeing that repercussions, and we're already seeing that there's more supply. So we can look at, say, the medium Senti shield booster. When it started this game, it was at 200 million. Then it went to like 130, then 70, then 50, and now it's down to 3 million. So the very best loot for a medium shield booster in the game, like the top end being like, the most blinged out thing you can put on your ship is worth three million isk currently. If you're flying a cruiser, and that's that's kind of an issue with the economy. And what this is going to do is now that they're just generating the stuff out of free air, the actual demand is going to decrease. Man, I am all over the place. Like I said, I apologize, autism. I'll try and get back on track, but it all it all kind of blends in together. And so. The devs' response was exactly, from a calculated perspective, what they needed to do to calm people down, to make them go, oh, NetEase has our back, okay, but in reality, nothing is going to change before it's too late, because they released this right before their biggest holiday, Chinese New Year's, which, not wise to introduce the biggest game-changing thing you have ever introduced to a game before, like, a month hiatus.
0: Right, yeah, two-week vacation. Yeah, and,
1: and so by the time it gets there, if we keep to this ratio of let's just even do 70%, right? Even though I've shown you over here, it was an 80% one. Is that there is going to be... Oh, okay. So Garrett just asked, being a CEO of Sutcorp, could you touch on what this means for soft warfare and how NullSuck alliances and down to players are affected? Absolutely. Uh, I told my CEO before I left and I was kind of like, handing him off our internal IP and, like, guiding him of what we were going to do or what he should do, I told him, move ratting ships up to high sec, run those storyline T10 missions that just provide ISK, because at this point, the most valuable thing down in our, our sector, which we were doing T10s, and we generally have about five battleships on grid, so we'd have, like, three Macarials, a Nightmare, and a Rattlesnake, and then we'd have, like, five of our, our younger less experienced members and so we would just do a t10 system and on average we would get one to two inquisitors a day and a dead space every other day well garish uh that's probably how y'all make a lot of money outside of the mining aspect but now the value of your your rigs and mods like if you're in sanchez space and you're doing circulator rigs expect those to crash dramatically uh, because now there doesn't need to be one replaced every single time a Retriever's blown up. So that market's demand is going to decrease, which is going to leave supply up. So Garish, I, like, and there's no purpose in holding Null Sec right now. Like, the station's bonuses are just giant targets. Like, oh, wow, what, what's her down? So Garish is saying they're down to 25 million by last check. Oh, wow. So the circulation twos or threes? Actually, we can... Oh, wow, this is a perfect live example. So, pulling it up. So, that's kind of like... Oh, there's still 295. Okay, so they haven't crashed quite as hard yet. But, and that might be because we have a T9 tech transition coming through. So, you're going to see a lot of people getting into procures. And so, they're buffering in this massive change and kind of hiding this glut where everyone's going to be spitting more minerals in the next month, so it's going to look like it's really good for industry. And had no one like dug really deep and done the math, would be able like we can now show this ticking time bomb. And so I forgot what the question was. If you want to get us back on track, lasso me back in.
0: <laughs> well, it was about uh, Dev's reaction. So you know what we're expecting i mean they when they come back from their vacation could they make a change how fast do you think this change would be even uh noticeably there has been a lot of people that have been very vocal about it um also a lot of people you know same with being vocal they've stopped playing the game and they've said the reasons why you know so uh, it, just a lot of people in general are quitting the game because they think the market is just crashing and there's no reason to even do industry anymore.
1: All right. So, like, let's talk about realistic changes that they could do. So, we, we look at their release, right? Say, increase rate of buy orders generated by insurance system. So, mechanically, the way they can do that is A, stop stealing Plex, right? So, if they're Because the thing is, is when it's only putting up a buy order for one Plex, that's only 1 million going towards that burst pool. Versus if it was 2.53 Plex going towards that burst pool, we would see it filling up much quicker. In fact, it would fill up after about like six ships blowing up versus the, the eight we were seeing earlier. The issue... So that's one way they could change it. The other thing that they could do is just make this be a, a ISK sync, not ISK sync. Uh, basically, just generate ISK, where instead of having it to actually fill up this convoluted system where there's actually a money pool for each item in the game, whenever it sells, it may sell that one plex, but then it'll just generate an additional three plex worth out of nowhere. And so they can tweak that. But the issue is, is that now you're, you're creating ISK into the system. So let's say they're like, we messed up. Okay, from now on, every single time there's a buy order, or a shit blows up, we put up a buy order. You could start seeing exploitation at that point of where down in NullSec. So I'm kind of talking about what they could do and why, it's not, or why it can't work and why any solution that they try and come up with versus just turning off the system until they can come back and get it resolved. So like that that's, that's what our, our movement was about. It was like, look, just turn the system off until you guys can get back and actually figure it out, because the ramifications in the system in the meantime are going to be too drastic. Let's just state the facts here. Netties has missed every single deadline. Every single one. So... The bubble changes where they asked they added like scrams and bubbles and et cetera, et etc, like that was delivered late. Sov was not only delivered late, it was stripped down, and it's still like not a actual soV mechanic and then like back in December, it's taken them three months to implement this system like the thing is is. Anything that they could do that they might try and ramrod a fix through, I don't, and this is why I'm quitting. And this is why, like, even no matter how, like, unless they had actually come out and just turned the system off and said, you know what, we need to take this back to the developing table, is it just shows that Netties just does before ever considering the ramifications. For instance, introducing warp bubbles two weeks before anyone had interceptors. Like, they, they don't, they just release stuff and we're, we're their beta testers. So you asked me when I realistically think, so I think they're going to come back to the 27th. They're going to spend a week discussing it internally with like management and going back and forth between the bean counters. Then it's going to take a week before like, it's, hard, it, it's not going to be a fast process. They're, they're not going to come back on the 27th and boom, have something for us it's going to be like 2 to 3 weeks after that because they're not just going to turn off and they can. So like the thing is about one of the people were saying that it's not realistic to turn off the entire system. And the thing is, is they've proved even they did a hot patch to fix some ships that weren't correctly pulling the right value. So they showed that they could hot patch updating those things so they could save their current table and then just make every single thing cost nine 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 insurance points to insure, so that way effectively, without actually having to roll back a patch, which I understand. Like from dev spend point, it's it's impossible. Like I've I've been on the IT side of the house. I understand you can't just always roll back and have like a failsafe push button. Although that's good policy in most ISO shops these days. So like that's why like I, I was reading this. And then they say find ways to further encourage trading within the corporation so that corporations members can better help each other. So, do you like the audit system, Rambo?
0: No, not really. I hate it.
1: And everyone hates it. Like I don't know what and the thing is is they say it's to fight bots, but there's many different better ways. But what what has NetEase done with the audit system, a system that is universally despised by all of us? since launch. Can you kind of fill in its iterations and its processes and changes Rambo?
0: Well, I you know, prior to Eve Echoes, I've never dealt with a game that had an audit system like this. So, uh <laughs> you know, as far as that history goes and you know, maybe maybe they did do a change to where uh some of the audit timers were minimized, you know, to make things a bit smoother or a bit faster for the players that Aren't botting, right? So, uh, you it, I don't really know that much about the audit system and their calculations as to determining the length and time, you know, that the items are being audited or anything. So,
1: so what they did is they added a new gifting rule mechanic where, like, based on your tech level, you can't trade only so many times in a day. Which, if you're the CEO of a corp, or you're the ones doing loot splits in zero zero. Yeah. It quickly is, is, is causing issues. And then they'd spent more time going in and tweaking and just altering the values where it's like, oh, well, if you're CEO for this long. And so they've made it better, but they've done it the most convoluted way where they threw actual dev cycles and dev hours to come up with this entire complicated rule system when it's just like there's ways to detect botting that don't require an audit system, like just get rid of the audit system. But what we've seen Netties do is, okay, there, people were complaining about the SRP program. So what did they do? They introduced an insurance program that is so convoluted. It, like it literally took me blowing up 400 ships and wasting 40 hours and then having to explain this to the community. Like they intentionally obfuscated everything around it and they made it more complex when they could have just gone to eve online which isn't the perfect system but and just copied their insurance program there and so what we see is there's been no new content in this game and and so why I still have my one star rating because and why I'm quitting because I realized there's been really no new content since november like sav isn't new content like the like they they've had a broken shield and armor system in place since day one where there's no point in flying armor and you see the developers who i'm not blaming the developers let's be honest it's it's always business and management that tells them what to do right i'm not and one of the things we've been accused of is attacking. we're not attacking the developers we're just acknowledging the reality of like dev hours are being spent to fix a broken audit system, to make a super convoluted insurance program. And so w- that's why I, I don't have faith when Eddie says, oh, we can come back and we're going to change this and we've been listening to your, your your thing. Like, if you look at their words, they're so, here are some potentials for the direction of the insurance system. Increase accuracy and rate of the market value estimation mechan- mechanism. How that hasn't been resolved since day 1 and how we could literally go months with like in the early days without a market estimated value update so you'd have things that netty's estimated at 150 million but were worth like 30 million so buying them off the market caused people to have an 8 hour timer lockdown and so it's one of these you say how have the devs responded they've given lip service
0: Right, they tell you what you want to hear, so hopefully you could be uh, optimistic whether or not there would be a change. If there will exactly. be a change. So you had a couple questions from the viewers that uh, you may oh. want to answer.
1: So Yeetfleet Durkader asked about the thought of items being undervalued by the game and an army of unfilled insurance buy orders. So and let me actually pull up one of my other concerns. And the thing is, is since I can't, Accurately test this or say. So one of the things I did was I blew up uh four succubuses. And it so happened that the Plex that got put up, this sell order expired. And the Plex didn't go back to me, right? Because I I use them on insurance points. But so if the system's not being filled, there's a potential that it's actually destroying more Plex than we're even aware of. But more specifically, one of the issues was nightmares were underpriced on the market. What they're, they're saying they're valued at, in fact, and I think they fixed it finally. Oh, no. Yeah. So the nightmare is valued at 5.3 billion. No one's selling a nightmare for less than 15 billion, 13 billion. It's just, it's not happening. And so when they put up that buy order, they're going to put the buy up at the estimated value of $5.8 billion. And here is one of the things that I think our players need to really be asking themselves is, so those burst buy orders that got put up, right, that we, we saw and we tested, is if these are like normal buy orders, eventually, in fact, I'll just do one to test, in six days, my buy order is going to expire. If these are operating on the same mechanics, is when this buy order goes away. Oh, sorry, I'm just talking myself through something here. So I would not be surprised if, because no one's going to fly out all the way here to sell these bursts. So they're going to expire. Now, the question is does this IS go back into that insurance pool or does it go away? And we don't know the answer yet. But hypothetically, Let's say all of these go back into the insurance pool, right? Then when I try and test this a week from now and all of these are gone, if I start blowing up my burst again, we might see a one to one ratio because it's just putting because that is is going back and so it has twenty-four buy orders worth, and so we're placing a buy order up. Does that make sense or am I rambling at this point? Like There's a point here. I just need to make sure I'm making sense.
0: Right, right. But uh, Toxic had a point there to reiterate on that.
1: Okay, yep. Armando, the thing is, if you were here at the very beginning, you would have saw us walking through here. So, well, no. So you get the ship immediately once you hit... Let's see if I have any that I haven't actually... Okay. So as soon as I hit... Yep, we're only seeing the impact of the front end. And so now I'm speculating which is why on these, we don't know what's going to happen to these sell orders in seven days. And maybe we'll set a reminder and come back in seven days, right? But the question that was asked was, yeah, like we have the potential of these ships never actually being bought from market if the estimated value is not correct. And so he was pointing out to the... Dealer small, micro-warp drives. So let's look at those real quick. Wait, those are lows. Let's look about on par value. But simply put, like if the nightmare actually had enough that blew up, they're going to put up a buy order for $5 billion. It's never going to be filled, yet as many nightmares can still be generated out of that system. So theoretically, until they get these prices back to where they need to be, we're not going to see reality. It's going to be 100% generated from thin air. So that's, that's kind of answering that question is yes. Right now, buy orders can be put up that won't be fulfilled, yet ships are still being generated. Okay, Garish asks, using the Nightmare as example of Fleet Doctrine, could you explain more the ramifications of soft warfare? So right now, in giant 600 versus 600 player battles, how many Nightmares you have on grid essentially helps determine which side is going to win. And the reason why that is is they have these giant, massive 300k EHP, if not more, holes. And so everyone just hides in their nightmares bubble, and they attack. So in the past, there's only a limited number of nightmares that can be generated because there's only so much Sansa debris that can drop, only so many T-10 dead spaces that drop. We actually saw the, the price of these skyrocket when they nerfed the drop rate of debris. And so, essentially... What this has done is instead of now being strategic where it's like, okay, well, this side might have 13 Nightmares, this side might have five Nightmares, and destroying their Nightmare actually hinders them, it's now going to be whatever side has the most ISK, whatever has the most Plex, has the largest wallet, can instantly, in 12 hours after their Nightmare blows up, recreate it. And since the Nightmares are estimated at $5.3 and it's a 70% haircut, you're really only costing you 1.68B. 1.68 billion in order to pull the hole back. And so now, for every actual 10 nightmares that you'd have to buy off the like, market that someone has been able to create, they can just pull out a fleet of 10 nightmares for the cost of replacing one nightmare. We're also seeing that there is no point anymore in defending SOV space, because if you're... Right now, every single major SOV alliance is based out of a NullSec system. And they do this because you can put up buy orders and sell orders. So currently, anyone can go ahead and just dock in their enemy's uh, NPC station. Now that you can magically pull these ships out of thin air, One of the big hassles is if someone comes down to antagonize you, you blow up their ship, you're going to get a little bit of reprieve because they have to go back up, they have to fit, they have to be able to bring it down. But if you can destroy, say, five hounds up in high sec by just sacrificing them to a mission, and as you saw, I came in and I pulled all these bursts, I'm sitting at G-Tag-G. My corp has like no strength here, we don't have any... Like, defense here, this is someone else's station. But I was able to make all of my bursts appear here. So now, what if we did this with, like, a hound? And so now suddenly, a small group of, like, 20 players can just nonstop harass any block, and it can be used to, like, okay, so let's say you have a bad fight and you have those nightmare fleets blown up. Well, we know our next system we're attacking is actually over here, so you just wait to reinsure it till you're over there. It's reducing strategy. It's reducing the value of owning NullSec. It is reducing the value of being a miner. And essentially, the only thing of the value is going to be going up and running T10 storylines, and that's because they j- give you ISK instead of item rewards for the most part. So it's like, there's a lot of bad stuff here.
0: And not to mention travel time. It sucks moving that thing.
1: Yep. And so now, like, le- like let's... Eve... Echoes is about industry, PvP, protecting your space, uh, nullsec carebearing or crabbing, as they like to call it, uh, logistics and controlling points. And so with this patch, we're killing industry. We're killing nullsec carebear crabbing because the valuable stuff is now just going to be able to replace at 30% of the cost, and only 1 in 8 is actually going to put up a buy order. The aspect of controlling Nullsec is gone because you, you can't defend about someone respawning fleets of hounds in your base and just antagonizing your your ratters and your miners. It gets rid of like the cost of these large-scale battles. Like there was this massive battle with Jinfed that our corp was part of, and our allies lost five nightmares on the field for their one station. Like now. If stations can't be reinsured, which I, I don't know. I I don't want to test that. That's a little bit too expensive for even myself to test. Yes, so Toxic asked, why is the incorrect estimated price of the item deter players from competing buy orders? So a nightmare is valued at fifteen, well twelve to fifteen billion for the whole. Like if you were to sell it via contract and go to Eve Trade on the Eve Discord, you could sell a nightmare for above eleven billion. But when Netties ever puts up that nightmare buy order, their buy order is only going to be for 5.3 billion. Why would you sell something for 5.3 billion? We can sell it for 11 billion plus.
0: The last one I seen was 19 billion.
1: Yeah. So also, uh, and since you're watching this as a live little peek, there's potential here. If Nettie's has really messed up as badly as I I think they have, one argument I run to is in regard is the nightmare is too expensive as it is. Can you counter that? Absolutely. T9 is coming, and with T9, we are getting the, I want to say, Ferox Guardian ship, which is going to, is that a Battlecruiser hole? I want to say. Anyways, we're getting a new bubble ship that will be able to tank the T10 dead spaces and the T10... Mission. So, a lot of the demand currently for nightmares is because they can just AFK tank a T ten dead space last wave, no problem. And so, when we get these new ships at T nine, there is going to be a substitute on the market that, for that purposes, is going to, to essentially be a comparable product. So then, the the only real niche value of nightmares then becomes the aspect of SAV PvP warfare. But the reality is, is since there's no value in, except for, like, virtual ego stroke of destroying your enemy's Sov station, there's not value, really, in these big battles. Like, we're having to create our own content, not because it's logical or wise, but it's literally, if we don't kill something, our players are going to get so bored, and they're just going to leave. So... Egos are important, Garish. So the thing is, is that to the question of nightmares are so expensive, I would point out they didn't have to be this expensive, but Nettie's purposely went in and patched the debris changes to reduce them by two fifths. So, and the major cost of these holes is in that blueprint value. So the answer to nightmares are too expensive is just to change back the debris value to drop rates to what they were and then we're also going to see a demand drop as people are going to be getting into t9 ships that can tank dead spaces and then all of these faction ships will go back down to much more reasonable values like it's almost as if netties created a problem so then they could present this insurance as a solution
0: which is faulty in itself
1: (laughs) yep And that's why I decided, like, and I said I had, like, my best three days is because I've literally been racking my brain since December, like, what do we need to do to get this to... back to where it needs to be? Or, like, what can be done? But after each patch, after each content update, like, the reality I face is that I don't see hope. I don't see the changes. I don't see them doing what needs to get done. And so... When I I destroyed that nightmare on Friday, it was like, okay, we didn't get our turnout. But I, as an individual, like, I, as a human, especially an autistic human who, like, gets wrapped up on, like, specific things for a very long time, I was free. Like, I've handed off, like, CEO. Like, I I get to just be, like, a human again. And when you're not enjoying a game anymore, but you have this... uh, sunk cost fallacy which i think a lot of our players here have like this i've made billions in this game i've invested so much time the most freeing thing i ever did was handing over that 10 billion isk and the 50 billion in assets to the corp and then getting myself deranked to no longer have access to those hangers like i'm free like i get to go enjoy myself and do other things and and to the players that are believing that net is going to come in and magically fix something you're just setting yourself up for disappointment, in my opinion. Okay, so Garish asked, how does the insurance system benefit Netties?" Well, as we identified earlier, they're skimming off Plex off the top. Like, so the more valuable Plex is, the more willing people are to spend real-life money because their real-life money goes further. Plex is also game time. And so if they have so much Plex floating out in EVE, that's potential where if they're like, okay, X amount of our players actually pay X amount of money each month to sub, but they know all this Plex is in the system, there's a potential theoretical that at a point where they have more Plex than they have subscribers each month, where if everyone subscribes, so by removing that Plex from the system, it benefits Nettie's greatly. uh, By making it the insurance system where it reduces the cost of people being able to like fly and getting used to like Nettie's kind of controlling the market and value of items. It's that boiling frog situation where they're now one step closer to being able to control other aspects of, instead of it being a free market, it's essentially controlled from the devs market standpoint which in a lot of games on mobiles that's how it is it's the dev set the price for items and i also want to point to the boiling frog of this latest guardians event like this valentine's event by many players they're saying is the worst event that they've released i wouldn't i wouldn't call it a scam so if someone asked so would you call this system a scam towards the players for netty's benefit it is if you're a player who has expensive ships, the insurance program is great for you because now you can lose more. However, it's short-sighted because it also causes so much more damage on the back end. So it's one of those, I almost think like it's eating candy. Like you're just, it's, it's really good for you at first and it's yummy But if you keep eating it, eventually you're going to get cavities and your teeth are going to rot out. So, forcing players to buy Plex to ensure something, I wasn't upset with that before we learned that they're skimming Plex off the top. Because if they weren't skimming Plex off the top, then Plex was never being destroyed. It was just being circulated back through players. And so, it, it created less of a stagnation of Plex, but it didn't actually affect the plex market in price or value necessarily because if i'm using insurance points those are converted into plex and then they're sold but when they're actually skimming like in the case of that burst they're essentially stealing plex from the system and they haven't acknowledged that in their their dev blog and they're probably not going to acknowledge it and if they do acknowledge it, they're probably going to say something like oh that wasn't intentional Without saying what was the intentional part, sorry, I'm very pessimistic in this regard. There's only two answers here. Either NetEase is so incompetent that Plex is being scammed and destroyed because they didn't bug test this massive system they implemented before going on break, or it's intentional and they're trying to drive up the value of Plex to drive more Plex conversions from the the store. Those are your two options that you can choose from sorry i've been hogging the airtime a lot here are there any more questions you have
0: well i was gonna lean more toward into like um something like the discord spam and what happened there i mean what did happen there i i think there is a bunch of censorship you know the moderators were removing posts or i don't i don't really i don't really even know what was going on there but do you know that? Uh, did they message you, or what happened nope. with the, the spam? And actually, what started that?
1: So, what started it was we posted up our open letter, and the only avenue and channel that we had, because at that time there were a lot of people that were going to be joining us for this protest. Uh, before, like the desert commented and basically placated the fires, uh, is like, hey they need to see this so they can increase the cap on Jita, so we're not accused of basically trying to keep people out of Jita, right? And so I pinged at Joseph, like, hey, here's our open letter, like, we're doing this on this day, and they're like, you can't, uh, they, they can't, um, he's like, you can't ping the admin, you've been muted for 12 hours. So then I was, went to our general channel and I was like, hey, Like, we just need one of these posts, essentially, with the link to our open letter. And so our players would post that open letter with the link to it saying, hey, here's our open letter. And every single one got deleted. Uh, And A, it, it did drive results. But the thing was, is they never let us keep up like that open letter. And some of the cooler heads were like, hey, let's let's stop. I'm trying to talk to the mods right now. And then after we we called it off. So it's like it was I'd say ten to twelve minutes of spamming, of twelve minutes of mods having to do a little bit more work. Didn't bring down the server, didn't cause long-term issues or impacts. And so I always find it funny when like people are trying to attack the move like this thing happened. it's like, yes, but what was the actual impact and results from those those actions?
0: Right, and You also did you have a post about rating the game in the store, and then I had later seen a post that you took that comment back. Uh, describe so, some of that.
1: Okay, so all Neties cares about is money. that like they're, they're trying to make money, they're trying to get profit. A lot of these and so there are a couple systems that any company actually monitors closely and actively and one is their their rating in their their stores and then any like pr from news journals anything of that nature and so and and, and so it's like hey this fundamentally breaks the game it's going to make it a one star game like vote one star in the store. So that way, Netties, because it's now hurting their bottom line. And like, so most of my accounts, like I showed, like I'm quitting the game, but Amelron still has 115 days of like active time. Like it's gonna, it's gonna be a while before those numbers drop off. And the thing is, is the more that this allows to decay and rot and versus me, I'm always about Let's attack the problem now. Let's do that surgical strike now. Because a lot of these app stores, when there's a big patch or update, essentially when you go and look at their their store or like their thing, is they show you the most latest reviews based on like the latest patch. So all this talk of like, oh, it's going to cause long-term harm and impact. Not realistic. But anyways, but the thing was is smarter people than me People that I trust were like, hey, that that's overboard. Like you don't need to go to that step so far. And because even though I can feel something differently, I I made sure as a CEO to get a lot of people around me that I trusted, that I I took their wisdom and their words. And so if enough of them are coming from from different angles, I was like, you know what? Let's change it. Like we're gonna remove that post. We're gonna just put up the 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 content again without the talk about downvoting in one star. Then in announcements, which it's still up there i basically and so it was the same day so like so it was about 12 hours from that initial post to the redaction and changing not from threats of developers or anything like that but just because people i trusted reached out and uh, and people can read it here i'm not gonna read it but it was on 210 2021 in our announcements and essentially yes this is a one-star game for me right now like i i myself and stopped playing because Why would anyone actually play a game that they rated one star when there's other games that you can play? And I told everyone, like, look, if you voted one star, but you actually still plan on playing, the game's an honest three. And I'm keeping mine a one because, like, I I see where this is going. I know what the long-term impact is going to be. Like, they they put up a post to appease us, but it's not actually changing or fixing anything in the time that it needs to fix. And like I'm not rage quitting the game, I'm just stepping away from something that no longer brings me joy. And normally, when people rage quit, they like destroy all their stuff. I only destroyed the nightmare versus gate, which is valued at like 15 billion, and then gave like 60 billion back to the corp. Like I, I I want the people I'm leaving to succeed. I want the game to be fun for them. If you're enjoying the game and having fun, awesome. But I, I know a lot of players, especially in the Eve Online universe, we get uh attached. We we have this sunk cost fallacy where it's like, well, I just gotta weather another six months and things will turn around and it'll be worth it in that time. And if you if you get to that point, maybe it's time for a break. And so like we down like and I and I counted at the max. It was like 30. One star votes out of forty thousand, like votes, because, well, actually, because Nettie's turned off their voting system, from my understanding. Like, yeah, we spammed a Discord channel for fifteen minutes. Yeah, we got frustrated at the mods, and so then you have people like Sovereign RPG who I don't know what his deal is with NetEase. I don't know, like, he makes videos, which I believe he monetizes on. If he doesn't, and I'm not saying it's bad to monetize your videos, right? Like, everyone's got to eat, but if your main source of monetization comes from posting videos about EVECOs, and now there's something that's threatening the number of players that want to keep playing Eve Echoes, I can understand why you don't want to participate in that. And then find other justifications around it. So
0: how how much EVE Online experience do you have? Have you played it at all?
1: Uh, So I played... uh, One of the things I I linked in general... And this was four years ago. Like, I, I played EVE Online back in early college. It was... I, I got so highly involved in the industry system and the manufacturing process, and it really clicked for me. And like, it, it made me feel like my life at that point had value because uh, I was like suffering miserably as a mechanical engineering student. I was building all these databases to like figure out industry, industry calculations. I took it to my career counselor, and I was like, I hate mechanical engineering, but I love doing this. And they pointed me to my degree, which I ended up getting in management science, which is logistics, process optimization, like the spreadsheet side of the business house. And so, like, even four years ago, like, I said, hey, CCP, thanks for helping with my autism. Because, like, I got so focused into that EVE Online thing, I, I had to move on. Like, it, like, the thing was, is I quit EVE Online on a good note. Like, I, I didn't get burned out. It was more of, like, it served its purpose. It helped me like, you get these skills that I'm still using today, like, 10 years later, professionally in my career, like, this is all still here. Like, you have, I did, like, a an import system where essentially I was able to sell stuff for, or buy stuff more expensive, made it faster for the players. So, like, yeah, I, I have EVE Online experience. And so my entire point of coming to EVE Echoes was to try and hopefully do that, for that next generation. Being the CEO leader of a corp of 180 players, where 131 of them have been online the last seven days, we have a lot of younger players. We have a lot of new players. And so I was hoping that like if I could help them, if I could get them invested in the game, like some of that same stuff that helped me as a human could like be could help some other humans down the line. And like the mistakes that I made in the past in versus like Eve Online. Like, the don't fly what you can't afford to lose type of thing. And so, like, we've had a lot of our players fly something that they couldn't afford to lose. And so, like, going, you touched the stove now, didn't you? They're like, yeah, all right, I'm going to replace your ship. But remember, like, losses are real. Mm -hmm. And so, like, yeah, I have Eve Online experience and I tried to bring that to Eve Echoes.
0: So then here's my next question. In the lifetime... Of Eve Online, how many updates do you think that they've done that has considerably broke the game for its player base and have, has lost players? You know, but the game is still out today and it still has a thriving community. What's to say so, that they don't have? What's to say that you know they'll come out with an update here? Who knows when? But this could be in the past, and the game will eventually get better.
1: So. I would say in my mind probably two instances but this game came out in about 2006 they added a, a lot of new things that changed and updated it was one of a kind at its time like it was truly there there was no alternative that you could play to kind of match the same experiences and do the same type of stuff and the the first one it was in 2011, it was the monocle Gate. It was the introdu- introduction of Walking in Station, and it showed that CCP at the time was really missing their player, like what their players wanted. They're like, we don't, we don't want, like, we. This isn't a Walking in Station simulator. Like, yeah, it'd be nice if we could, but like, don't do all this dev time. Like, they removed ship spinning, which it seems silly, but ship spinning is a, a major part. Like there was this whole newsletter about greed is good coming out. And so it caused a lot of players to quit. Like they had a thread of over 110,000 responses. Like, so at that time, like I was playing and I was like, you know what? Like, yep, this, this does it for me. I like, I was about to get back in. I, I stopped playing. Like I know a lot of people that quit and it got so bad that the CEO actually had to come out and say, you know what? Like, in my hubris, I was not listening to the players. I've messed up. Like, this is supposed to be your game. Like this is we need to do this for you. And so you ask me, could this be fixed in the future? Absolutely. And so while I've handed off sixty billion, I've main I'm holding on to, let's see, four thousand two hundred and sixty six plex, one point two billion here. Almost two billion there. Like so, like even though I've handed everything off, like, yeah, there's always that that hope. But I, I, I don't think it's realistic. We've seen we have seen how NetEase is developing. And like versus back when Eve Online was developing, like Eve Online had no substitutes, Eve Echoes has substitutes. Like Eve Online always kept in focus of the the industry and how everything has to interconnect, and it's about that, like, it's all player-driven. Like, that was such a huge part about EVE Online is it's player-driven versus the changes we've seen in are have been, like, systematic ways of taking control out of players' hands and moving that to a market that's only, that's controlled by the developers. We saw it with the addition of, these the new keys where you're not even getting a single free key even if you're an omega to open up one of the Valentine's Day boxes and so like r- today it's skins which I have no issue with skins I've probably spent more than I should have ever spent on League of Legends skins but the issue is is until netease comes out and actually shows that they can keep timelines that they can keep adding content at a rate that keeps their player base engaged, that they can implement new systems without dire repercussions and having no backup plan in case they fail. Like, I I think you're asking for a very tall order. Now, do they have enough money where they can out-survive the storm and they can develop it at a loss for like two years I don't know their financials. They're traded publicly for $107 on S&P. So, I mean, I assume they got capital. But if I had never played a NetEase game before this, and every person have told me, like, what were you expecting from NetEase? That's their entire thing. They develop a new game. Like, they give it a lot of TLC at first. Then they just start catering to the whales, and they totally change the game mechanics where it's essentially the, like they, they've gotten all their milk out of it and they go to the next project. I can't verify that firsthand. I've just heard that from a lot of different players who have all played NetEase games. And so as a professional analyst who literally t- like works with businesses and I look at business data and I like help solve problems and all that good stuff, it's like, when you see all of this data laid out on the table and you see past historical trends, I, 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 can't, I, I can't see that vision that you have. I would love to. I would love for this game to be great. I would love to come back in a year and literally be poked fan, fun at by the entire EVE Echoes community going, remember that time you got upset and destroyed your nightmare? Looks like you're back. And I'll go, yeah, it looks like I am back. Because at that point, it's not just me that's happy that this game is continuing to survive. It's all of the, the people I made friends with over the last six plus months. Like, I, I want this to succeed because I have a lot of people I care about who are invested in this game, but I can't keep trying to hide the cracks in the foundation from them and saying it's going to be all right and, like, Netties will turn these things right around the corner, like... I can't do that anymore, which is why I stepped down, which is why I'm leaving for a year. I hope it turns great for y'all. I, I honestly want it to. So I, I just can't in my logical mind see it.
0: So what happens next? What's the future of this movement? What's the future of Let well, Gita Burn?
1: Considering I think it failed, uh, there might be some players that, because they didn't like the way I approached this, and don't like my abrasive personality. They might try and repackage this on like the 27th or 28th. You'll, you'll see completely different messaging. You'll com- see completely different tactics. But I, I hope that, and this is kind of like my parting farewell is that A, and why I wanted to open with is here is how everyone here can re-impre- like repeat the things that I've shown and I've done because I'm just one human, and I'm gone. This this movement was never about me; it was about the player base. I, I've done the best I can, but I'm gonna keep going back to having good days. And like, really, the movement lives or dies with the players that are seeing that see through that these changes aren't coming,
0: or at least not fast enough. Uh, there's more players. You know, uh, more and more are quitting by the day, it seems, by this, uh, by this insurance system. So eventually something's got to tick.
1: Unless the players leaving don't make up for the game they create for whales, in which they can say from a financial standpoint, like, this is the superior way for us to develop this platform. And then you'll just eventually see the same players that couldn't let go just throwing more and more money. Right. And maybe it'll be profitable for Netties, but it won't be Eve Echoes, or it won't be the Spirit of Eve.
0: Well, I'm out of questions. If any of our viewers have any questions that they want to uh, ask, feel free, um, and we can wrap this
1: up. Okay, so Ana, uh, your comment, I, I want to clarify what you just said there. The thing is, is when Plex is in the bank and when Plex costs, 10 to 20 mil a piece, you won't do insurance that lightly. We've already seen, although I can't show it now, the, the number of Plex changes to adjust. So if Plex becomes much, much more valuable, it costs less insurance points to reinsure a ship. So it, it will still, no matter if Plex goes to 20 million, 100 million, one bajillion, it's still going to cost you thirty percent of the estimated value to ensure your ship in flex sins of desire? No, because we did the math. We, we see the glut and the increase on the market coming that by the time that they actually get here, you'll see about three months you'll see about three months of excess modules, rigs, etc, on the market for every one month that they don't act. And so I I see some people also saying in there that they're quitting. Uh, Where is it? We have actually a survey you can fill out. So if you're quitting the game, there's the form right there to be able to go in and kind of say how much longer you have Omega and for each character that you're quitting with. And so Toxic brings up a good point that NetEase is a huge company with many investors They aren't some small indie shop that a lot of times you develop stuff at a a loss until you can get enough market traction to make it profitable. And so Toxic was just bringing up, like, NetEase has the means to do that. Like, they have enough wiggle room to keep developing this, to tweak it, and just think about the long-term overall health of the game and growing it versus how they seem to be acting, which is focusing more and more on the whales and less on, like, the rest of the players. In fact, yeah, so NetEase's market cap, for anyone curious, NetEase's market cap is $91.3 billion American dollars. So to say that they can't hire extra devs or that, like, they're struggling to survive is incredibly disingenuous. One thing I ask is, I'm paying for the development of the game. I should be able to be immortal. Can you explain why that's not for this game? Look, there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of games in the mobile store that if you just want to feel immortal and feel powerful and be a whale to dunk on people, by all means, go for it. EVE Online, and this may be coming sounding like a bitter vet, but... The thing that made EVE Online special and the reason why EVE Online was able to survive is it understood at the basic core is that everything has to be player-driven. It has to be a player-run economy. Like people have to be fighting over things that matter. Like Space has to have value. All of these different aspects, like there needs to be industry. Logistics is part of the game. And I understand that it's a mobile game and that there's mobile things that you can change and do. And so one of the major complaints I I keep hearing is it's like, it doesn't have, like, it's Eve Echoes. It can be its own thing. It doesn't have to be Eve Online. Like, absolutely. Like, we have to realize different platform, different medium. But, like, if you're not capturing the spirit of what Eve is, you're essentially just using the skin assets from another game and a very kind of, yeah, it could just be Echoes. Like, just call it echoes. This could be a really good game. This could go very, very far if they just try and like everyone thinks I'm trying to like we're trying to destroy the game. no we're, we're and the reason why it was called "Let Jita burn instead of burn Jeta" is in our minds, Jita is already on fire. We were just pointing that it was on fire. We're screaming at them to put it out, and the the actions that they've taken shows that. They don't want to put it out. Someone's saying, like, give them time to do it, and it's like, when have they ever met a deadline? When have they ever implemented something successfully on the first time? Like, this, they somehow had a patch exploit in last week that allowed people to steal fuel. Like, EVE Online to succeed has to be, at least on the back end, complicated. And so that's like, everyone's like, oh, it's a mobile game. And we have our mobile players. Like We have a lot of our players that just like to rat and have fun. And there's that back end that supports them. And it's that simple mobile game. But with everything so interconnected, if they can't do the due diligence, the odds of something breaking And I'm going to leave everyone still listening with this, that I am currently testing. And if so, it is going to 100% absolutely break the game. So as I was telling y'all, I tested succubuses. Let me see if I can find the kills. Killed a lot of stuff, as you can see. So what people might not know is that the uh, ship replacement program is still in effect. So as you see, I compensated... This succubus here, I reinsured it. It's compensated. Right now, it is sitting in this hangar. But if you go to customer service, you see there's still ship recovery. And now they may be smart. Like I'm, I'm in live process testing, so this may amount to nothing. PV ship recovery way, which for my understanding is mostly an automated process and can be done every 30 days. As you see, I can still compensate a succubus. In fact, I right now have... Oh, hold up. Anyways, so the thing is, if they're still allowing you to recompensate your ship from the SRP, you could potentially generate two holes from one ship. And if that's the case, and I'll do a follow-up here in general chat, where I'll see if I'm actually able to generate another ship out of thin air. And thus... What could then be done at that point is someone insuring their nightmare, getting it killed by rats, reimbursing it for 1.7 billion ISK, and then going to ship recovery every 30 days, and then generating another nightmare. So then there's two nightmare holes sitting in your inventory. If, If the ship replacement program actually lets me pull another one, I'd need to test it. But if so, I'll release that very shortly. And then by the time Netties actually gets back, there'll be a billion nightmares in the game. So if there's no more questions, I think we're going to go ahead and end the interview, Rambo. I appreciate you so much for recording this, listening to my ramblings.
0: Well, thank you for doing this. Thank you for everybody that attended and and, uh, had asked their questions. So the devs have received the feedback regarding the new insurance system and are working on a better system for everyone as they posted in their announcements me personally i think they will get back on track and figure something out that will improve the system just time will tell a quick update on the short stories Paladin had made a website where he is posting his stories publicly for the people to read. I'll include that link in the description. As we're still working on bringing his stories into the podcast format, we are working on recording them. Alright, that's it for this week's show. If you'd like to check out more Eve Echoes news, please check out the Echoes from the front on YouTube. Link to his channel will be in the description. And if you have any questions for me, or you want to be a guest on the show, just please contact me in Discord. I'll leave my link in the description. Until next time, lie safe.